Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode 121 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you probably want to switch off. I'm your host, Ross. Let me introduce the team. The boy from the wrong side of the tracks come good, the Whistler. Welcome, David. Did you say, um, <laughs> did you say 121 then, did you, Ross? <laughs> I did, yes. Not a bad, yeah, it'd be good if you got that in an individual score in a game of cricket, wouldn't it? Right, it'd make you so happy you'd probably want to start up whistling. The man who said <laughs> Dave Warner modelled his game on. Welcome, Michael. Hello, gents. One twenty-one, just nah. One nineteen. You don't want to get into the one twenties because it just shows you can't go on. With it's it. a waste. One nineteen. One nineteen. And last, and definitely least amount of head on his hair on his head. In fact, welcome, <laughs> Alex. Hi, guys. You know, as you said, nice one nineteen. I think the best number is 89 against the second 11 <laughs> side on the smallest, quickest outfield with seven fielders and one of those was 15 years old. So I think that's how, that's the best number that you want to get that's, to and also be an absolute stone-cold plum off the first ball, full bugger <laughs> on your toe and your teammate goes, ah, just go down leg. That's <laughs> <laughs> where you want to be as a, uh, as a number anyway. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think mine was 52, I think. No, I don't know. No, I wouldn't have got that far. Maybe 37. Okay. Anyway, that was yeah, a long yeah. time ago. <laughs> we move on. I'm sure. Okay. Well, it's a prime number, Ross, so that's all right. That's what I was aiming for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, we move on now to um, kick us off with the... No, no, hold on. Who's... Hold on. You didn't mention our platinum partners. Mm. Oh, yeah. Tucker bag. And yeah. uh, <laughs> Frederick Harold. Yeah. Oh, you were in the quadrangulated um, Frederick Harold Sock Company Studios. Yeah. There we go. Thank this God. This is a big lug production. We'll get paid. Uh, no, this, tight, this is a tight, tight ship production brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. Oh, Imagine if Big Lug dropped before us because we... we forgot to mention them. Oh, <laughs> what would we do? How do we pay our SoundCloud fees? <laughs> before we move on from that, um, another another. Premier partners come on board, Icon Sports in Geelong. Um, only mm. one of us is getting a benefit out of it. But <laughs> for, all your, for all your cricketing needs, go and see our boys down at Icon Sports in Geelong. Mm. Absolutely. I own an Icon bat also. I got the special deal of paying full price online for it about three years ago. So that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm getting some benefit Wonderful. from that. Is this uh, like what real right. podcasts do where they just bore the listeners into submission for the first 10 minutes by doing all the <laughs> yes. you know, Patreon reads? And, <laughs> no, oh, usually we do Here's ours, what we're uh, going to talk about. It's like an episode of TMZ. Here's what we're going to talk about. Oh, we're going to... Oh, yeah, let's hang weird. around the, no, hang the, around the partitions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lean over the partition and tell you about... <laughs> Once Gin starts his segment. So we're going to get it up the top early, not, not yes, in the middle. Yes. Just hurtful and uncultured. <laughs> Belly laughs. <laughs> Belly laughs. I've got, to, I've got to get it off me being down Media Street all week, and I'm trying to put it all back on you. <laughs> well, we start well, now. We with, brought it up. We start now with a look at um, what's been happening in the world of cricket news, because there's no actual cricket to talk about. So we'll talk about the cricket news. And one big, big story that's um, made a big, big sound in this part of town is um, yep. <laughs> how India, one of the uh, many members of the BCCI, um, some sort of... No, this, I think they're the only member of the BCCI, mate, in the is. No, no, sorry. One, yep. some You're staff, talking about employees. One, <laughs> an employee, some staff member who apparently yep. rarely publicly speaks, um, has informed that um, India are happy to come to Australia and quarantine for two weeks before 
they play their first game. And uh, they're happy to do that. But they, this person said that they thought the World T20 occurring would be doubtful. So that's pretty much if the bloke from the BCC, it's I reckon, is doubtful. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. Mm. Also, and, as mm. an Indian cricketer, going to Australia in the middle of Australian summer or staying in India during what I presume is their somewhat winter, if mm. where it, it snows in the northern part of the country, mm. yes. you, you might you might be open to the fact of going to Australia during the middle of the summer. But you'll be away mm. from your family. Uh, it, not Chikadawa. C- cricket hub. Mm. No, yeah, he will not. Yeah. Be. He'll be closer. Mm. Just, just, yeah, just bunker <laughs> down in Ringwood for two weeks. Or wherever. Nary Warren, Nary, Nary Warren. Warren. Everyone knows that. Come on, man. Where does she come go on? on so, Nary do we Warren. know where this person, what, what his job inside the no, BCCI was? A mailroom staff. What's his rank? What's his rank? Yeah. Oh, I think rank? he middle management. In... No, no, he's like a janitor. I'm pretty sure. Janitor. I think he was. I think he was the PA to Virat Kohli's backup PA. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Organises all the PA's soirees, so yeah. he can organise mm. Virat Kohli's. So soiree. in terms of in the in the, in the cricket landscape, I think yeah. he's like a rung a rung above us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Just he's a rung above oh, um, a, Justin Langer to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this bloke's still working Everyone, full time at the BCCI, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely. We're a not getting Langer. paid. We're not getting yeah. paid to do this shit, are we? Aren't we getting paid as no. much as all the staff members from Cricket Tasmania right at the moment? Nil <laughs> 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 I think that eighty percent of the staff, cricketing staff, Australia wide, are getting nil pa. I think. Mm. Yeah, let's laugh about their fight. Yeah, let's have a great time on this. <laughs> executives are still getting full pay, though. Uh, I, I think, think they took yeah. 20% a double, cut. I but think. they're working seven 20... days a week. <laughs> 20% cut? Work, but don't they always How... work seven days a week? Or... They might have to, like, stop the lease on their Maseratis, I think, with right. a 20% cut. Well, Fucking hell. Nah, no, they're they're no one at Cricket Tasmania is driving a fucking Maserati, let me tell you. I'll give you that. Executives of Cricket Australia. No, oh, the one Australia. where you um, used to have, have your you shared. Have desk. you seen that new? Have you seen that new CEO of Cricket Australia? No way, he's got a Maserati. He looks like he's got a fucking Subaru Outback or something. A weird bongo looking that kind of. Ah, Lucy, he's got a wall here and that. Now Southo, now our man, Big Jim Sutherland. I can see him like sliding out the fucking car park at Junction Oval in the Maserati. I reckon no, no, no. Southo's a sub man. He's a Saab yeah. yeah, one of those Bomb. shit eighties Saab. No, yeah. he is a proper Range Rover. Silver Saab. Put the key in underneath the handbrake. That's where the keys in Saabs are. I know that from my valet parking days, guys. I wear. I used to wear many hats. I have worn many hats. Saab driver hat. The demeaning one of valet parking I've worn for a while. Maybe get one made out of hair and whack it on there, big girl. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say you're you fucking whistling disc Dixie over there. I fucked it. <laughs> Go, Mr. So fucking close. I was gonna say Sorry, you, you may have wore a few of those hats a bit too tight, and they just rubbed his head off. Uh, it was when I had one of those real feral ponytails that I just pulled my hair too tight. And it all just uh, we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah, I had both the high and low ponytail. Yeah. Um. Wow. <laughs> Is yeah. that like the Pat Rafter water spout, or was that different? 
Uh, no, I was Pat Rafter at the back style. Oh, okay. The park mm. down. Serve volley, serve volley, serve volley. <laughs> volley, oh, serve yeah, volley yeah. ponytail. Bill <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> answering the phones in an IT department look. That's what that fucking was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All over it. Yeah, and just stink lines coming off me. Yeah. yeah. Have you tried turning it <laughs> off and turning it back on again? That's the haircut he had. <laughs> Have you tried jiggling the power cord? That often works. <laughs> Have you tried yelling at it? <laughs> Turn the monitor off. Turn it back up. Is everything uh, the same? Yes. Okay. Who's hosting tonight? Ross, you're oh, That's me. Yeah, yeah. yeah what the, a um, fucking shambles now, Ross is oh, back. We spun the wheel. Yeah, we spun the wheel. It came, up, it came up back to normal. So that's me. That's that's me. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, that was, that was, you know, they the BCCI guy, whatever he is, call his PA to the assistant manager. <laughs> I think that's George Costanza. <laughs> uh, assistant to the regional manager or assistant regional manager? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> that side of the office. fry chef, I think. Anyway, uh, this guy said that they might play four or five tests. Right. And just go... Hang on, fuckface. There's a little thing called the Futures Tour Program, right? Absolutely. And it, it, it's been agreed upon. Hang on, how many, <laughs> how many tests and ODIs and T20s going to be played in each tour? Just like Australia had to leave Australia in January this year to go to India yes. to play those very important three ODIs in the middle of January. Yes. You don't just, Absolutely. I know COVID's come along and the world's changed, but you don't just go, oh, we might play four, we might play five. No, it's set as four tests against India. Okay, you and don't throw it out the window, do you? No, you don't. Now, and the other thing I'm that no one's talking think... about, Alex. Oh yes, go. sorry, go. Okay. No, no, no. The other Someone thing no go. one's talking about, no one's talking about that yes. the team that was coming for one test this summer in November is Afghanistan, and I have not heard oh, diddly squat from the Afghanistan camp nor from Cricket Australia about what their plans are for the Afghanistan tour of Australia. And I yeah. think that's so a disgrace. So Shazad hasn't got on Zoom and cried about huh. it? My boy Shazad, is he back? Now, oh, if, ever there's an, if ever there's an opportunity for Cricket Australia to show that not the greedy bunch of arseholes we believe they are, it's to make yes. that Afghanistan tour happen and possibly even yes. make it worth their while coming and give them two tests. Yes. Because we know that we, we believe they're a bunch <clears throat> of greedy arseholes the way they treat Bangladesh. Well, here's no, we your know. opportunity, Cricket Australia. Show you don't live in a gilded bubble that's all about greed and money and actually yes. get Afghanistan into this country to tour. If you're going to get into As you know, bring Afghanistan with them. As per the yes. fixture, I agree. Mm -hmm. Yes, David? You know what I'd like to see, Ross? I'd like to mm. see, I imagine, I don't follow the fixture as much as what you do because it's your baby um, and I don't want to tread on your toes by being the fixturing guy. I'm the irreverent <laughs> guy. Um, okay. But what I would... What I would like to see is if there's been a fixture for Ireland, for example, to play a test match during their northern summer and COVID has affected them, I'd like to see that test match played in Darwin. I'd like to see them open the borders up to Ireland to play a test against, you know, Zimbabwe or Bangladesh or whoever the fuck it might be and go, right, you couldn't play it during your summer. So what we're going to do is give you our grounds up north and if it's August or if it's what September, October, whatever it is, then go, right, you weren't able to play your fixture at that time. So we're going to give you access to our ground to play the fixture now. Let's keep Test Cricket alive. Mick, talk to me. Only, there's only one flaw in that plan, David, is that the heat generated... So I don't play Test Cricket? Oh. And the heat generated in the northern parts of Australia 
in summer, a few of those Irish blokes might just burst into flames. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. could kill them. Yeah. Yeah, could kill them. You're right. I hadn't thought about that. Lucky Alan, old man Jim Murtagh's not playing because he's yeah, about 55. He's too old for this shit. He's definitely too old for this shit now. <laughs> too old for this shit. Yes, Ross, I, you don't have to raise your hand. You're the host. No, yeah, right. You're I the think, boss, Ross. I think you make a valid point, David, because uh, uh, certainly at that, if India do tour, on the when they land, then that means that really any other team, cricket team, could land in Australia too. And maybe, yeah. yes, they have to go to a certain destination and lock down. And if they followed the same protocols as India, I agree. Maybe it's um, Darwin or Alice Springs could host a game between Ireland and someone uh, else. Maybe well, Canberra could, really, couldn't they? Oh, like anyway, I'm just, I'm just picking one at, at, yeah. at random. Yep. But, uh, but yep. when uh, India come to Australia, well, then other teams could surely come to Australia and follow the same protocols. Which- and play. Mm. We're talking if, about if being they good citizens to. of yeah. Test cricket, then Which that's the way that you can go. Right. Yeah. No, but yeah. you know, it's yeah. not going to. It's going to cost you money, but you might be able mm. to work out a deal with the ICC instead of putting in your affiliate fees or whatever it is. We'll host a couple of Test matches for people who missed out, whatever it might be. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But an it's got to be an opportunity will. there to go. Mm. We're serious about growing cricket, mm. and we want to keep Test cricket alive. We've banged on about it for the last ten years. This is our opportunity mm. to prove that we can do that, mm. and that well, we want to do really fund it in my opinion, if they like, or fund something like this for the yeah. smaller nations, because they, they want to see, like, it's in their mm. own interest to have cricket being played. Yeah, even through right. the and the smaller rides. nations want mm. to play. Like, Ireland wants to play test cricket. Yeah, yeah they want to. It's a good Ross, point. Yeah, that's a good point, Alex. And you might remember I read that article by the Zimb- former Zimbabwean player. Can't yeah, think of his yeah, name yeah. off the top of my head. And he how said, hard Andy it was. No, it wasn't Andy Blignall. It was another another guy. Anyway, um, <laughs> always Andy Blignall. <laughs> when they're in the World League, which is the l- rung below having test status, everything's paid for by the ICC. They get flown here, put yeah. in a hotel, zero cost because you're competing in that. Yeah. Then they um, uh, make it to test status, and the ICC go, "Well, here's your distribution of money. Off you go and organise your own stuff." Yeah, he yeah. saying that's, that's a real flaw. self-funded to yeah. a point. Yeah, you're yeah, going to be yeah. self-funded to a point. Right? Yeah. Like, Australia shouldn't have the hand out to the ICC saying, oh, no, look, give us some money. We, we all know there's, there's tiers of teams within Test oh, Cricket. Definitely. So maybe you go, you're and a tier one team, right? you get nothing, yeah. and you're a yeah. lower tier team. Yes, we'll fund all your games because we want you yeah. to play. Yeah. 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 But even at that point, it shouldn't be around based on your rank. Because weren't Australia ranked fifth at one stage in Test Cricket? You would still yeah, say to them, get fucked. You've got plenty of money. finance yeah, and yeah. clout and stuff. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about, Mick? Let's go. Oh, I just think, look, the one thing where cricket is missing, it seems to be common sense when it comes to this stuff, is that, like, and Australia's guilty of it too, is that when we, when we went to play the Ashes in England, the fact that we didn't have a test against Ireland in oh. Ireland, yeah, effectively, no offence to Ireland, but effectively as a warm-up to those conditions, is insane. It yeah, doesn't make yeah. any sense. Like, that, why that wouldn't that happen? England. And even, like, when you go to South Africa and stuff, why aren't we, like, playing Zimbabwe in that sweep of that mm. nation? And when we go to, like, play Pakistan or Sri Lanka, why aren't we playing Bangladesh? Look, I know, like, they don't want to have these four-month tours and, oh, you've got to see your kids, and we've learned that from fucking sport in Australia the last fucking two months. <laughs> but <laughs> surely, the <laughs> financial common sense sake and to help players get associated to the conditions to be to yeah. give them more chance to be competitive wouldn't you go and play Bangladesh in a test or two then play India play Ireland you in two even, tests then yeah. play England 
Like yeah. you can that, play that, that, like you could play Scotland in a first class game. You yeah, can play Namibia in a first class game. Sorry, Ross. That was that was a tricky one, Mick, though, because I think England played Ireland the week before yeah, the first test. So yeah. it's Australia yeah. didn't. But, but you're they, right. I don't the know how that happened, right. but they sort of missed an opportunity. I agree with that. And mm. Australia's Ireland been can to play two tests. They yeah, don't have to play yeah. one. You know, well, <laughs> they can true, play yeah. against yeah. England and Australia, and yeah, Australia don't right, have to play against under seventeen from Somerset or something. But there's another good point there, Mick. What the, what's happened with tours is they've turned into micro tours. So we fly to New Zealand yeah. for three T20s for no for no apparent reason. We don't play them anymore often. But rather than a, a, a tour being, say, you know, three tests, three ODIs, three T20s, say, which would yeah, feel like be a, a standard block. tour yeah. as a block. Yeah. And uh, they, they become these micro tours where they're, they're flying to South Africa in September for three, T, three ODIs. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck, you know? But obviously, it's it's money from TV outweighs the cost of just flying halfway across the world. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a bit of a cricket nerd myself, so mm. I would actually like to watch Australia play a first-class game against Namibia. And I'm sure there'd oh, be other people and parts of the world that would pay for it. It might not be as yeah. much as what you, you would get, but rather than playing like um, Ginset against the second eleven from fucking... You know, Somerset Darwin. or you know, Sussex yeah. or something. Yeah, go and play. Go and play a first-class game against Scotland. I'd rather watch that. Mm. Ross, they also know they'll get a competitive game against a, a country such as Scotland or Ireland. I know Ireland's got Test Tests or Namibia. They'll get an actually yeah. competitive it's game. The first eleven. Isn't one it? of one of their biggest gripes, Australia, is that they don't get. And other teams, you know, they get... We've done the same in Australia. Give them fucking taxis. Oh, shit, Blokes yeah. who are lower yeah. than first-class standard. That's been the complaint on English tours that, oh, we play bloody Somerset or... We, I'm not picking on any county. And they put out like a, no, almost... Not, not a second 11, yeah. but a, a one and a half, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. But if you played Scotland, okay, they might not be the great... Almost as good, perhaps. But you know they're actually going to play and give it yeah, their all. Yeah, and they're going to mm. play their heart out. Mm. Yes, Nick. Yeah. I think what we need to employ in Australia is like similar to what I said. Like when you go to like England, you play like Scotland or Ireland as a warm up. We need to employ that we let that like so if India comes to play us, they should play Australia's version of Namibia, New Zealand as a warm up, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then come over and play us. Well, that's actually a good point, Mick, and it flows into the next thing I was going to bring up was uh, those countries when they tour Australia should play PNG or yeah. PNG yeah. is the obvious one, yeah. And they have a, yeah, they yeah, got yeah. ODI status. Well, so, Malaysia, yeah. Malaysia, yeah. all these PNG, things in Southeast Asia, Thailand. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Um, there was a, um, uh, a thing a few years ago because Andy Bickle was a coach of PNG for a little while, and he wanted to get PNG into the second eleven competition, okay. um, based yeah. out of Cairns, and play games in Cairns and play in the the second eleven competition. Yeah. Made a lot of sense. Also. There was only, there's only, there's always been, as far as I've, as long as I've followed um, Shield Cricket, seven teams in the second 11 because there's the six yeah. states mm. plus the ACT. And Canberra. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's been shit because you think, oh, this is good. They've got a second 11 game before the first Shield match of the season. Oh, but the Vicks don't have one because there's seven teams. Yeah, yeah. Mick. Yeah. Yes, I Mick, think that the only problem with that proposal is it revolves around common sense and that no. fucking shit doesn't fly. So, yeah. That's pretty good. We've said it for a few years too. Uh, things like, um, particularly when the Matador was played in that block and it was like six months before the World Cup 
and we had Ireland and Scotland toured here and played like warm-up games against New South Wales and Tassie and whatever before the Matador, we were saying, why aren't Ireland and Scotland in the Matador Cup? Yeah, for that year. Yeah, yeah. For, that, for that year. Oh, but I think the pinnacle great. of the Matador yeah, milk barbecue sector sizzled. Mm. Pure, pure Sullied. Milk. It's, just, having, it's yeah. an important competition, that ODI yeah. one. Yes, Mick. Well, the other thing too is like that kind of um, touches on another bit of cricket news that's been going around at the moment. Baz McCullough has put forth a suggestion slash proposal that a New Zealand team gets entered into the Big Bash this year. So mm, to yeah. try and try and spice yeah. it up, and because I think the New Zealand competition is at T Twenty level is probably not doing doing that well. So he thought he thought that to get it involved in the Australian one with the uh, gravitas and that that it has, yeah. and see if that helps. So yeah, I think it's interesting. New Zealand's the only um, sort of main um, cricket nation that hasn't gone franchise with their T Twenty. Mm. So it's, they've got six provincial yeah. teams in New Zealand and it's still the six. And it's sort of a bit more low-key, like they play on Eden Park, number two oval and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 But I think it's got merit, that idea. And I, I actually think two teams from New Zealand would be good because you don't really want a national team. In yeah. Even no, you, want Auckland, 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 you want to even Auckland. from Wellington or Christchurch, mm. North Island, yeah, South Island, yeah, something yeah. like that. Mm. Work, I don't yeah, know. That's what I, I know Wellington and Auckland are both on the same, on the North Island, pretty sure. So, um, yeah. Maybe, but some some work out of half the three provincial teams go this way, three go the other way, and yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad of an idea. I, yeah. I don't have much time for McCullum and his thoughts, but mm. I think a North Island, South Island team would be fucking amazing in the big bash. Yeah. Would be yeah. great idea. And, and, yeah. and you're having all these extra games, you can actually make mm. them mean something by playing against mm. different opposition, as That's opposed yeah. to I will play yeah. this. Yeah. Game. Team I three would, times or whatever it is. You yeah, know? I wouldn't extend the season any more games. No. So it might end up a bit uneven, but it's just T20. It actually, it I, it's feel it's yeah. a one yeah. But it's always uneven because Melbourne teams play each other twice yeah. and some teams don't play each other twice. That sort of shit. Oh, well, no. They've gone to the full home and away now. So they do actually yeah. play each other twice. But I'd just go, stuff it. Don't put any more games in. Yeah. Just put 10 teams in and just play the same number of games. Everyone so wouldn't ca- get plays to each other once twice. and you have a couple of derby games or whatever it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it. Yeah. Yes. Um, but that won't happen because it'll be Cricket Australia helping out another nation uh, to, yeah. to push forward well, the word of cricket in, internationally. I actually, I actually think it'll help Australia more than it would help New Zealand. Like, imagine the money they'd get from TV rights in New Zealand yeah. just to watch uh, you know, North and South Island team play. It's actually probably going to make more, it's going to well, be more of a benefit for Cricket Australia than what it would be for Cricket New Zealand. If Ross, India, sorry. yeah, no, that's right. If India can't tour, I'd say it's a big chance of happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I know there's there's some little chatter about oh Australia A, but I think that's past. I don't think. Um, well, I might, would like to see it. We might even finish our, mm. might even finish our test series against New Zealand. It was cut off after one test, so and because New Zealand and Australia can travel amongst each other. Mm. From oh, the, the chapel had the ODIs. India, yeah. Yeah. If India can't come, yeah. then they might just go, well, fuck New Zealand, come out, finish the test series we didn't get to finish before the COVID stuff hit. And then, because they played what, one test in front of nobody and then just no. called it off, didn't they? ODI. ODI. Oh, sorry, ODI. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sound like Alex. Yeah. <laughs> it's a one-day yeah, yeah. test. No, they played they one day, day, one one day they test. Played and day. Then, then they went Four to the list They didn't get to the second one-day test, did they? Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Three-day list A game was just as a warm-up. Yeah. It's been a big week, right? I've had to think about things. <laughs> <laughs> had to do some whistling. 
Fade the smallest violin for you, mate. <laughs> we'll put my whistling picture on the fucking podcast Facebook. Um, no, I'll say it properly this time. Whistling Dixie. Oh, thank there you, Alex. Go. Good pronunciation. Mm. Yes, excellent pronunciation. Um, that was leading me into another point, Mick, uh, that was um, well segued, was that um, there was an announcement that uh, all these junior pathways might be cut. Oh, getting closed. Mm. Pathways are closing <sighs> down. Mm. Yep. Yeah, and I think uh, it's good that Dave has just left now because he had some really insightful comments to offer on this content. And just as I wrote it up, I'm like, look at it. Oh, he's, you know, he's well, a lot, of, a lot of people, yeah, definitely a lot of people, Ross, have complained. A lot of, like, international cricketers, Shane yes. Ward's had a crack mm. at it. Mm. Dean Jones had a crack mm. at it, saying we need these pathways. We need to be mm. supporting grassroots. Yes. <clears throat> yes. And, yes, Mick? I, I'm, I, I was going to let you finish your point, and I was just going to go, do we really need these fucking pathways? Yeah. Because um, I'm pretty sure um, plenty of guys have gotten to district level or something without these fucking pathways in the past. Well, like, there's a great example have, of West Island Road. Get, oh, that's exactly right. You don't, you don't have to get recognised as a 13-year-old kid with potential and put into a fucking... Under seventeen, blue, gold, east, west, northern spiders, fucking yeah. representative team. A double like, representative side. Yeah, it yeah. fucking doesn't doesn't fucking mean anything. Like how many like for every bloke who comes through that system, there's a for lack of it, there's a Mick Lewis who fucking plays yeah. fucking yeah. local cricket, goes yeah. to a premier club locally, or even like yeah. our podcast favourite, Sean McNigger was playing yeah. fucking North Spew Metro Cricket Association spew grade on fucking Syntho. Said, yeah. Oh fuck it, I'm gonna go over Cracker District and went to went to Greenvale and made the team of the year the year this year and took like yeah. the fifth most wickets in the comp. But yeah. these pathways like they have a purpose, but they are not these golden fucking gold brick roads that you have yeah. to have. Yeah. One of the okay. things that um one of the things that I think is important at a, a cricket level is being able to dominate at a certain level against people who are older than you. So, like like you said, playing spew grade cricket, taking 30 wickets or 40 wickets in a season, then going, oh, maybe, maybe I am okay at this game, and then moving to that next level, yeah. as opposed to being 12 years old, only playing against 12-year-olds, under-14s, yeah. only <laughs> playing against under-14s, yeah. under-16s, and, and so forth. You know, I think it's a good opportunity for a, a Nick Lewis to play park cricket and absolutely fucking dominate for three or four seasons and go, oh, actually, I'll try this. And then gets to the next level and has a bit of confidence about him because he goes, well, I've done this before. I've played against yeah. blokes of this ilk and this age. And then just goes out and dominates at that level and, and so forth and moves through the ranks that way as opposed to, well, here's the yellow brick road that you need to follow. And then how many blokes don't actually get to a level and they just fall away because they're like, well, this was destined for me at an early age. I haven't got there. Yeah. Therefore, fuck cricket. I'll go and take up surfing or something. Get Hip Madsley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was lollipop related. But, um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I, I agree. I think um, I, I don't think you're going to lose the wonder kit kund kind Kids, yeah. you know, that just go straight to the top. Like the Ricky Pontings, you're not going to lose a Ricky yeah. Ponting doing this. He will just play great cricket as a 15 year old, you know, instead yeah, of going playing good under 19s as a 15 year old, for example, yeah, in a yeah. state comp or a national comp. And you obviously, you're still going to have, you know, a, a 
carnival where you'd play state mm. cricket or something. Mm. You're just not going to play this, you know, full pathway of 12-year-old against 12-year-old carnival. Yeah. Go, go, Mick. I reckon the only thing you brought, the only thing you'll lose from this pathway system was you'll lose the guy who might be a grinder than he's a late bloomer. So by being in the system, he gets all the coaching and then he blooms late. You know what? Yeah. But the reality of it is, is that fucking how many of them really is there? Like they only happen in England because their side's so shit. That's the reason a cunt like a Rory Burns can grind away and fucking get get picked because there's fucking no other cunt there that's any fucking good. Yeah, so yeah, he's grinding away at county level. He's not grinding away yeah. at fucking park level. Under 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue gold, east-west, northern spiders. If you're good enough, you'll get noticed and you'll be playing that high level of cricket well, for a grind yeah. amount of period, right? Like, and also, you, if you're good enough and don't get noticed, if shit, like, that's just the way yeah. fucking life works. People are good well, at things and not... Become a mercenary and just fucking fill your boots then. Just that's fuck it. Fuck off. Yes. Oh, surprising, no. I put my head over that stage. Um, <laughs> the uh, well, it's something that our much esteemed um, correspondent Tip Mansley has said. Like in grade cricket in Victoria, there is you know mm. thirty to forty players that are good enough to play at the state level. You know, you know what I mean. Like they are there just because they're not getting a crack. Yeah. yeah, they're still good enough. It's just sort of their chance hasn't come, and you're unlucky, or maybe they didn't take their chance at the time, or you know that sort yeah. of thing. Look, it doesn't necessarily mean grade cricket is like, you know, a far laps winning distance away from state cricket. Yeah. You know, they're all around about the same and have the same amount of talent, you know. Like and the- I would say that's true in Australia, given that there's only six top teams. You know, like yeah, in England, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, there's different counties. There's a hundred different counties, you know. But in Australia, grade cricket would be exceptional, given the fact that you could only get to a pinnacle level of six top teams from a, an actual first-class yeah, yeah, perspective. Yeah. So imagine some of the blokes who didn't actually get to play state cricket. You'd still think they're fucking good. And if they played in England, they'd be playing 100, 150 games of county cricket. Yeah, Just yeah, because there's so cricket, much more opportunity. It? Yeah. Yes. Great. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. I thought um, I was... Uh, that was a good point by me. Ross said, well made. I was oh, thought. yeah. <laughs> well, well said. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Very well pronounced. Mm. All those words you pronounced. I think the go one thing... Go on, talk to us. I, I think the one thing that might come from this is we might, with if there's going to be funding issues and that, we might actually lose district teams. Like, so if you've got an underperforming team who, like, for yeah, you they, they you might you might lose them. Like, who's the fucking North Ringwood Kingston fucking train yeah, drivers? They might have another two like, sides. Have merged, about, have merged about five times and never win anything. Like, you're probably going to lose some Fuck of those teams. But all that, but all that does is strengthen the pathway because there's less, That's it. less yeah. spots and less people in there gumming up the works. And there's yeah. going to be some people playing park cricket, earning a nice little living wage for themselves, buying a house, mm. based on the fact that we've chopped a couple of premier teams. Stiff shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck them. This shit. Uh, Fuck them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even I in think... the in the local yeah. level, just yeah. quickly. Um, in the local level, yeah, like, there will be a lot of mergers and stuff like that. <laughs> Everyone's leaning forward in the Zoom. I leant forward so my shit eyes could read how long we had left on the Zoom. So in the local level, there will be lots of merging teams, I think, in the... Uh, in yeah, I think so as well. Couple, in the next couple of months, because the really, really poor sides that are just hanging on by a thread 
will probably fall by the wayside and there'll be a lot of agreements in... And because we have a bent on local level here on this cricket podcast... Mm. I think we need to speak about that. Like, the the effect that this um, uh, pandemic will have on local cricket, probably worldwide, not just in Australia, but a lot of... Yeah, even in those countries where they don't play cricket, it'll affect it. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Russia, (laughs) Russian cricket legal collapse... All those um, non-Western Europeans, mm, don't trust them. Uh, I, I hear that the um, the Wuhan Colts Cricket Club has gone into recess. So <laughs> the Wuhan Tough Warriors time. have merged with the Wuhan mm. Colts. Um, so the Wuhan Colts Cricket Club. The, they're rebranding as the Pangolins, aren't they? Yeah, that's oh, it. The on, Wuhan Pangolins Cricket Club. Yeah. Wuhan Bats merging with the Wuhan <laughs> Pangolins. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. I think that was actually racist. What we did then, I think. Did I it? didn't do any of that. Yeah, I, no, 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 there was... I made the racist comment about the Romanian bike. I stopped after uh-huh. that. I yeah. think it's all you're doing, Alex. Mm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I agree. I brought up that someone... Yeah, he made it racist by saying it's racist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alex is a secret racist. That's what it is. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When COVID a covert first... or a COVID racist. Yeah, when, when COVID <laughs> first came... Up, he's not enough front, cunt. That's his problem. Yeah. <laughs> Get us when, out of this mire, Mick. Uh, Ross? Mm, me. Okay. When um, COVID first came along, we were getting heaps of 11s. Like, it was like everyone was just like yeah. instantly bored mm. and had to chuck out 11s. Oh, and, and it's really dried I've up. I've still got some on my phone. No, but it's really dried up. So I'm, I'm going to fill the void. And what's going to happen nicely, I think, here is we'll get about halfway through. Then we'll go to an ad break and we'll come back and do this, the tail after the ad break. Yeah, so there's <laughs> a little bit of sizzle for you. All right. Sure. So, this is blokes who played international cricket over the age of 40. Right? Oh. Yes. It? So, okay. Mm. What's international, mate? Uh, so is test matches t- or ODIs. ODIs. And I didn't look at T20s. So your I reckon country. Were, okay. So just test yeah. and ODIs. Okay. Yeah, there, there could possibly have been some T21s, but I didn't go there. I went a little bit old, older. Wouldn't have thought so. First class, ma- first class warm-up matches internationally. No, I didn't. I'm just being stupid. I wouldn't no, know fucking right. any difference. No, I, no, no one falls into the category. If mm. Shut that's up. Right. You have an ad break, sir. No, don't, don't, don't rush. <laughs> don't rush, David. It's not part of what we do. Okay. That, that's genius. <laughs> we can all lean forward and read the countdown timer. <laughs> okay. So, opening the bat. You know what I found in the over 40s 11, which is surprising before we get to it? They a all lot had of blokes, bad knees. No. A lot of blokes who I thought <laughs> made it to 40 or even beyond 40. In yes. fact, did not. Didn't. No. Yeah, a lot okay. of them got to about 38 or 39 and didn't make it. Fell on their face. Yeah, like Alan Border, I thought he played till he's 42. No, he retired when he's 38. Yeah. yeah. And we had in our mind that... Fuck, he was an old 38, though. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's an old-looking face oh, at 38. Says you. Says <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I've looked this age since I was 17, mate. I went to... I, Grew up real fucking quick and I flatlined through. Real <laughs> tough in the trees of Irimple. Yeah, fucking oh, scratchy, those trees. Scarred, scarred my face and various other parts of my body. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I'm watching the clock. 
So another bloke who Maybe couldn't it. make this 11 based on his age, and I thought he made it to over 40. I thought he actually made it to 44, but he was only oh, 38 really? when he retired. Mike Gatting. Oh, oh, oh shit. Yes. Gatting was 38 and that size playing international <laughs> cricket. Yes, his goatee looked like it was the size of my thumb on his face. His head was that big. <laughs> so he played his last test at the Wacker in the 94-95 Ashes. Yeah. That was his last test, and it's also the last test of someone who's opening the batting in this over 40s team, an Englishman. Mm. Mm. Is it Colin Cowdery? No. Graham Gooch. Oh, oh. Nice. Mm. How old was he when he retired, please? Oh, I think he was just over 40. I actually did have all these. <laughs> <laughs> did have really? All these. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 I had all of this uh, sorted, but I sort of lost interest in it a little while ago. And so then, yeah, yeah, you got panicked with the countdown uh, timer just ticking. No, no. It's like, like, the, it's like the opening like of the 60 minutes. About five minutes ago. It's okay. Yeah. He was born in... to go to an ad break and do it again. It's <laughs> all right. He was born in July uh, 1953, and he played for England from 1975 to 1995. So he was Fuck. 41 in his last test match, which was that one... Mm. Well, you're uh, correct, Perth. a little yes. over 40. Yeah. 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 Uh, so um, another opener I could have had, but I chose not to because it was like unusual circumstances. And I think okay. there's, there's two here that I might be wrong on. But anyway, I just thought these were just um, circumstances that didn't mean you played through to 40. So it was um, Bob Simpson. Because I think World Series happened, he came back at forty-two yeah, or something yeah, after he'd yeah. retired. Definitely played after forty. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then I think Colin Cowdery, which you mentioned, was a similar one for England, as in he got yeah, called okay. back because they were decimated by World Series, but he'd retired. So yeah, I didn't, didn't, and they didn't have a captain, and he was seen as the best captain available or something. Yeah, so. yeah. So I didn't go yeah. for either of those two, um, just because I thought, well, they're sort of special. They, these guys played through to that age. Okay. Well. I won't leave you hanging for the other opener. The other opener is Gordon. 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 Gordon Greenwich. Gordon Greenwich. <laughs> Gordon Greenwich. <laughs> the man, the mystery, Gordon Greenwich. Ah, <laughs> uh, this podcast, Marcus number one. Gordon. Number one. <laughs> oh, on that note. Out. Here's oh, a word from our sponsors. Oh, thank fuck for that. Oh, right <laughs> <sighs> All right, Dave. All right, Ian, what's up? Uh, just thinking about how my socks have holes in them, mate. That's no good, mate. Well, we've got two solutions for your problem there, mate. Uh, you could buy sock darning equipment and darn the holes out of your socks, or you could buy new socks. Darning, you say? What a great idea. So do you know what sort of equipment I have to get to darn my socks? I have no idea, but in front of me it says you'll need a darning needle, a darning egg, some scissors, some yarn, and a sock with a hole in it. Well, out of all that list, the only thing I've got is the sock with a hole in it. Damn. Or darn, I should say. <laughs> uh, oh, maybe I should buy some new socks then. Know of any good online sock companies that use only Australian cotton and put back into the community by planting trees, while also offering reasonably priced socks that have fantastic motives on them? I reckon I've got an online sock company that only uses Australian cotton and also puts back into their community by planting trees at their own expense, mind. 
this particular company also have reasonably priced socks with great, if not fantastic, motifs on them, Alex. Oh, what company would that be, Dev? That is the Federal Herald Sock Company, and their website is frederickherald.com.au. The Frederick Harold Sock Company, you say? And their website yeah. is frederickherald.com.au, you say? Spot on, Alex. frederickherald.com.au. Ah, oh, well, I'm just putting that address in now. Uh, HTTP uh, semicolon forward slash forward slash frederickherald.com.au. Oh, wow. These prices are reasonable, as you said, mate. Uh, they also have free shipping and a money-back guarantee. I hope we're not getting paid for this. I fucking told you that, you idiot. Oh, that you did, mate. That you did. Well, I think I'm going to order the Cockies pack. It's got five pairs of socks with some farm and Australiana motifs on them. Only fifty nine ninety five. Very reasonable. On you, mate. I'm proud of you. Well, I'm proud of myself, too, to be honest, Paul. No worries. I'll catch you later, champ. Okay. So, Gordon Greenwich. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. And... um. An interesting story. He was uh, born in Barbados, but he played, he, he moved to England. With his family migrated or emigrated or whatever the right word is to England when he was uh, 12 or 13. And he actually, his first um, first class cricket was for um, Hampshire. Invent yeah. yeah. fast bowling? No. Yeah, he, uh, he was eligible to play for England until he opted for the West Indies and he moved. He sort of was still living in England, then he moved back to the West Indies to play Test cricket for them. Yeah. So uh, he played. He was born in 1951, and he played for the West Indies from 1974 to 1991. Now, yeah. mm, this is uh, interesting. He um, there's a famous tour of um, England by the West Indies, the 1991 tour, and at the end of that tour, Geoffrey Dujon retired. Um, Viv Richards retired, I'm pretty sure, yeah, and a couple of others. Can't think off the top of my head, but it's like four or five of their all-time greats all retired on um, uh, the end of that England tour. And Gordon yeah. Greenwich played in the three ODIs that were in the lead-up to it, but in, got injured. I've read all the information. It doesn't say what injury he suffered, but he was injured in one of the ODIs. So he played his last ODI on the 25th of May, 1991, which meant that he was 40 years old and 25 days. Uh-huh. He played his last ODI. Qualifies. Mm, so he qualifies. And he, he returned home with the injury and didn't play any of the five test matches against England. So his last uh-huh. test was uh, Australia's Tour of the West Indies uh, just beforehand in uh, April 1991. So he was, was four days short of 40 when he played his last test. But he did get an ODI uh-huh. in over the age of 40. Yeah, awesome. so that Good very um, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Batting average of forty-four point seven two with nineteen hundreds and um, seven and a half thousand test runs from one hundred and eight tests. Jesus so Christ. he's fairly good player. Um, fairly good, all-time mm. great yeah, player. Open the part yeah. batting obviously with Desmond Haynes. So and he didn't make it to forty. I thought both of them made it to forty, but no, not to be. All right, batting at number three, Don Bradman. Uh, yeah. I've bent the rules a little bit on this one. Yeah, oh, so, no, okay. yeah, I'm yeah. a very technical man, mm-hmm. Ross. So I'll tell you how it went. Correct. Yep. So he was born in August 19, 27th of August 1908. He was born in Kootamundra in New South Wales. 
played for Australia from 1928 to 1948. He, so he's born on the 27th of August, 1908, and he played his last uh, test where he made that duck, wasn't it? Yes, duck. he made a duck yep. on the 18th of August, 1948. So he was nine days shy of being 40 when he played his last test. So he doesn't qualify, Ross. Well, like so it's pretty black and white to me. No, but he would have been on the boat returning to Australia, so he's still on tour. Uh, still so, on tour. Yeah, yeah okay. On well, tour. if you're on yep. tour... <laughs> yeah. Look at Mate, you just fall. throw it out. This is like watching Glenn Maxwell chip into a cup. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this is just more fucking people making out Don Bradman was better than he was, saying he played till over 40, but the cunt yeah. didn't even get there. Yeah. Fucking Exactly. Don't you yeah, that's good as your last He was. Nah, I'm with you, Ross. He was representing Australia, so therefore yeah. he made it. He, he played okay, a bit of shuffleboard. I represent Australia every day. Hmm. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, do. Is is he one of the people you had down as? Oh, he definitely would have been over forty when he played. Yes. No shit. No, I thought he was like thirty-six when he finished. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. All right. That's a good one. Next one. <laughs> this is going well. <laughs> Okay. No, I like okay. it. I'm with I, you. I didn't. I didn't cheat on any others. I just had to get. Oh, um, okay. So, so no one else is like a bad pick. No. Finish with that 29. But uh, uh, he coached man. Australia at 50. So. Uh, oh. Okay. The next one. <laughs> Darren Lehman's in. Oh, I thought off the top of my head, I know someone who would have played to our 40. Jarvid Meandad. He played at five World Cups. He's the only bloke ever to play at five World Cups. I think or, or six. I don't know what he did. Whatever. Jesus. How old um, was he? So. Uh, he made his ODI debut in 1975 against the West Indies, probably in a World Cup. And then his last ODI was also in a World Cup in March 1996 against India, but he was only 39 when uh, so he played his last game. So he didn't qualify. But then I remembered that uh, Sol Sin Tendulkar had played, <laughs> he played a lot of yeah. tests because didn't he They just uh, wiggle things around a little bit so he could make it to his... Um, a hundred, a hundred international hundreds as well. Yeah. So they played him forever. Yeah, so they played him in like two seasons of one day cricket where he didn't score a run in yes. the hopes that he'd get to a hundred international yeah, hundreds. 50 yes. or his 48 ODI hundreds. Yeah, that's right. Like that. Yep, to make a hundred hundreds in total. So, so I know um, if he had only got 99 hundreds, no one would even talk about him ever again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know, on the average yeah. 99. Mm. Yeah, never mentioned. No one talks about him. So, it, Sachin Tendulkar played his two hundredth and final Test match against the um, Washington wow. Generals. I mean, yeah. I mean, the West Indies had one of their very, very yeah. low ebbs, and they it felt like mm. they just brought out as whipping boys for some random yeah. two Test series, which were his one ninety nine two hundredth. So, um, would have got paid shitloads for it. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, his his last uh, Test was November 16, 2013, and he mm. was born in April 1973. So he was 40 and about uh, six months or seven months old ah. in his final test. Mm. Mm. So there you go. Good team um, so yeah, far. Mm. Highest score of 248. It'll fall away once you get to the bowlers. Average of 53.78, 51 test centuries, 49 ODI centuries. So there's the 100 there hundreds. Yeah. yeah, and he also made one T twenty hundred, but maybe that wasn't an international. Not a bad record. Mm. Not a bad record, Ross. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, it's okay. only, like as Mick said, it's only okay if there's a hundred. 
Well, that's true. I wouldn't have talked to. I would have put him in otherwise. I would have said, "Yeah, you're over forty, but I'll go and bend the rules and get another thirty-nine-year-old if you're going to be shit." Charming mean daddy. Mike Hussey comes sidling in, mate. You're thirty-eight or whatever the fuck you were. Inzy, I can fit you in. I'll get you in, mate. All right. So I'm writing these down. Who batted five? Number five, Clive Lloyd. Uh, yeah, of he course. Was an old cunt. Yeah. He was an old yeah. cunt when he started, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Allegedly <laughs> a cunt. He was born in um, 1944, August 1944, and he played his last test on the 30th of December 1984 against Australia. That seems like a weird date to start a test match in Australia, 30th of December. Anyway, I take it as true. I love it. I love it. So he was 40 years old and... Four months. And he played his last Sweet. test and his nickname was Supercat. Left home, left handed batsman, right arm medium bowler. And he played 110 test matches, seven and a half thousand runs, an average of 47, 1900s. And captain of the West Indies for a very long time and then has filled a lot of. And they were really good. Yeah, off field roles um, post his retirement. Mm. Yes. So he played. Uh, I think destroyer of West Indies cricket was one of them. I think mm. <laughs> had the biggest pair of fucking coke bottles attached to his face. Oh, yeah. fucking yeah. mm. He played from 1966 mm. to 1984, and he was the first West Indian to earn 100 international caps. So I guess that was 100 mm. Test matches. First hundred, yeah. first hundred Test matches. Good on him. Yeah, and he played uh, for Guyana from 1964 to 1983, and he played for Lancashire from 1968 to 1986. So that's cool. a huge stint as an international overseas player in yeah. um, England, which was One pretty club, much the norm yeah. for all those players. Yeah. Okay. We move on now to a more recent one. Now, batting number six. Yeah, batting at number six. Who do you think? A recent player, very recent. So Donny. Donny? No, I don't think he's much. Mohammed Shazad. No, I don't think he's forty, but I might be wrong. Is it Big Jack? No. Oh, yeah. No. Shahid Afridi. No, I don't think he made it to 40 either, but who knows what his date of birth is. Miss Bar huh. Al Huck. Oh, oh yeah. yes. The, um, the ball biter. Oh, was he? I thought that was Shahid. Yeah, I thought that was Afridi. I thought that was Peter Philandia in the VFL. <laughs> Sorry, so, Miss Bar Al Huck. Miss Bar Al Huck um, is born in May 1974. And he played his last uh, test for Pakistan in May 2017, which made him about uh, 14 days shy of 43. Fuck. Yes. Shit. So he's one of the oldest blokes in this list. Yeah, in fact, he might be the oldest, in fact, or close to it. Anyway, um, he made his debut back in 2001, but I'm pretty sure he had one of those sort of um, Brad Hogg-style career hiatuses, and he only came back when he was about 34, 35 and was yeah. any good, and then played, obviously, from 35 or so through to the age of almost 43. So, yes, yeah, so I, I have a particular memory of him belting Australia around um, in the UAE in about 20, yes. mm-hmm. October 2014, where he made a ton off about um, 55, 60 balls. Yeah, we like mental. Absolutely. Yeah, mental. Australia were at a very low point. All right, that is number six. Move on now to the wicketkeeper. So mm. Who you think might be a 40-plus-year-old wicketkeeper? Alan Knott. 
Oh, in English, bloke. Yeah, I didn't. It was English. I didn't um, look up Alan Knott. One of the one of the great wicket keepers. I'll look him up while you yep. discuss who it actually is in your team. Yeah, that's right. I went for Alec Stewart. Uh, ah, of course. Mm. So yeah. he was born in 1963. He didn't make his test debut until 1990, so he's 27 when he made his test debut, which is pretty old for that time. Probably saw blokes debuting 25 or maybe under back then. Now, if you said 27-year-old, you'd be like, yeah, no worries. But um, mm. not back then. He played his last test on the 8th of September 2003, and he's born the 8th of April 1963, so he was 40 and five months old when he played his last test. So he just got over the line there. Uh, 133 test matches, most ever for England. 8,400 runs. Batting average of 39.54, so he'd be a a New Zealand superstar. And 15 test hundreds. I was going to ask you, I was going to say, I hope you got the stats on him, because I always remember him being just like this whipping boy for Australia in that period of time. Mm. But yeah, that's a pretty decent career in that era. I I think he's still in the he was in the top ten of English run scorers for a long time with an average of thirty five just because of the fact that he played so many games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thirty yeah. thirty nine, he almost cracked forty. It's pretty close to forty. Thirty nine point five four. He was But as the keeper, I suppose. Yeah, and then the he, he used to get sort of frozen. mucked around a bit and like was he a top order batsman? Was he a keeper? You know, Jack Russell yeah, yeah, kept yeah. a lot of times. He was their captain for a bit too, wasn't he? Yeah, when he was yeah. uh, later in his career he was their captain. Uh, interesting Alan Knott was 35 when he retired, Ross, by the way. Oh, okay. Interesting stat that I always remember, it just sticks in my mind. Of all tests played in the 1990s, the top two run scorers, and I can't remember the others, but the top two, number two was Mark Waugh and number oh, one, yeah. Alex Stewart. Oh, Mark Waugh. Yeah, and they both debuted in about uh, in January, February 1990. So, yeah, it's very surprising yeah. that stat. But um, I believe it's true. I've heard it a few times and it sticks yeah. in my mind. Anyway, number eight. Now, this one, I, I was struggling a little bit to find uh, players by this stage because I'm just racking my brain to think of who's some old bloke who's played cricket. The and this bowlers is a, as well. Yeah, we're down to bowlers. And um, this is a bloke that you've probably heard of but um, didn't know much about. And that's fine. Because uh, I didn't know much about him either. <laughs> oh, John, Thanks, so tell me, tell me what you think when I say this name, John Embury. No, did he play for New South Zero. Wales? Did he, John Embury? No, um, I don't think so. He's that was from... Phil Embury. That was a good joke, oh, I thought, yeah. but that's okay. Oh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Sorry, whatever. I believed it, it yeah. straight off the bat. It. I was like, oh, he must have. <laughs> makes me think of it. Makes me think of the 2010 AFL Grand Final and Scott Embury. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> So he is a English player. He was an off spinner. Yes. So he um, was born in 1952. He made his test debut in 1978, and he made played his last test in July 1995. So he was shit. Yes, yeah, he was. He was 20 days shy of 43 when he played no. his. Uh, and a, and a complete unknown to at least, well, three cricket nuffies and me. Yes. Like, isn't that so interesting? Just an unknown bloke who played for, what, 20 years? Yep. Into the mid-90s too, which should be yeah. our sweet spot. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, so he played 64 test matches. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's quite a lot. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
as a right arm spin bowler and slightly eccentric but useful lower order batsman with the style of a grafter. He was notable for not having any back lift or footwork. (laughs) 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 Uh, Sounds like me. Yeah. (laughs) He went on two South African rebel tours. I'm not sure if you know what they are. Where, Low um, dog. Yeah, so yeah. The South Africa couldn't have any international cricket, but... Um, yeah, we like slavery. Ali Bakker. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Adam Bakker. Like Ali Bakker, his dad, um, and others at Cricket South Africa organised to pay Australians at one point and two rounds of Englishmen and a group of West Indies, another point, to come to South Africa to play unofficial <laughs> Jesus, matches you've of just got to be needing yeah. the coin, something shocking yeah. for... And, like, and, um, I don't want to judge anyone. He went on the Rebel Tours and they got uh, three-year bans, I think, from in international cricket after that for both times. And he went on two. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And so he played 64 tests despite having two of those bans. I don't think either of them actually ran their full course. Yeah. yeah okay. But um, he was seen as um, a possible captain of England, but uh, didn't pan out because of those Rebel Tours. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yep. I've also just read that he's got melanoma, the poor bastard. So mm. yep. good luck to him. Yep. Yep. He, he holds the dubious distinction of being the highest England test run scorer, never to may, have made a test century. So that's something he sort of shares with Shane Warne. I'm pretty sure Shane Warne had I, the most runs I, for Australia. I actually just read then, yep. just read then, Ross, his batting average in test cricket was like 22. Yep, for a 22. Yeah. You'd take that. Yeah, and yeah, as... Um, as um, said by Wikipedia, despite his chronic lack of footwork, <laughs> he was a reliable batsman. Uh, uh, this is someone, someone with a real talent for words has put together this Wikipedia profile. While not, whilst not the most agile in the field, he seldom dropped anything, pulling off many a stunning catch often at gully, and he had an excellent mm. eye in the deep. Mm. That's Ooh, beautiful prose. Absolute all-rounder. Yeah. Right, but I believe it because it's on Wikipedia. Yeah, and he yeah, also he also dressed as um at a fancy dress party before the first Rebel Tour of South Africa. Drew as a me- uh, went dressed as a member of the Ku Klux Klan. So yeah, that would have gone Is that down well. Is Africa. that what you're reading? You didn't make just, that up. Did he really? I didn't make, make it up. Yes. Fuck. Yes. Right. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, the, I can't believe you put him in your side. It's like almost you like the apartheid, Ross. Oh come on. All right now. Uh, the next one is one you will know, and it's it's very recent. Imran Tahir. So, ah, of course. Yeah, has a very interesting backstory. Imran Tahir. He's he's Pakistani. He's from Pakistan, and he played domestic cricket in Pakistan, but um, he then also managed to um, play domestic cricket in England. And then when it was English off season, rather than going back to Pakistan, he said, "Well, he'd continue playing domestic cricket in South Africa." And so there he was, he made his South African debut in 2011 and he was born in 1979. So I think that makes him pretty old, old. to make Dakey's debut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's almost 32. as old as the segment. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I think the bloody countdown clock started on the Zoom or this pick up for so long. <laughs> <laughs> i have to lean forward again to see if I can read them. Alrighty. And he played his last ODI in the World Cup on the 6th of July 2019 against Australia. So he was 40 Shit. years old and about three months. Oh, three months, you say, Ross. Yeah. yeah. So he made yeah. it. All right. At number 10, we have another recent uh, player 
who could it be at number 10? Another spinner. You'll notice a bit of a theme here. This is a yeah, Sri Lankan Sri Lankan spinner uh, who played uh, recently. Uh, uh, a Yes. Yes, yep. he did. The plumber. Yep. So he made his test debut in 1999. And his last test was against uh, England in November 2018. So he was 40 and about eight months old when he played his last test match. Played 93 tests. He took 433 wickets at 28. Fuck, good gown. Hmm. Yeah, very good bowler. Now, the last player on this list is my favourite cricketer, I think, of all time. And I would be surprised if you've heard of him. Not because I've never seen him play cricket, but just his amazing backstory. So his name is... Athanasios John, oh. no, Athanasios John Trakos. Okay, he was yep. born in Zagazig John. in Egypt in 1947. His dad was Greek and his mum was from uh, southern Rhodesia. Jesus. Uh, yeah, so um, his father worked in Egypt, obviously, and... Um, they moved as a family to Southern Rhodesia in the early 1970s. All right. Uh, he grew up there in Rhodesia and played for Rhodesia when it was considered a province within the South African domestic setup. And then he made his test match debut for South Africa against Australia at Durban in February 1970, which was one of the last tests South Africa played before apartheid stopped them playing test cricket. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, he played the three tests in that series, and after that series, they banned from international cricket. Yeah. Shit. So he debuted over 40? No, he was uh, 23 at that time when he debuted for South Africa. Yep, in 1970. He then had a 13-year break. He went back and continued to play for Rhodesia, but they didn't have any international cricket until the 1983 World Cup. So 13 years later, he was there playing for Zimbabwe, in the 1983 World Cup. They also played at the 87 and 92 World Cup. And um, he's captain for six matches at the 87 World Cup. Now, after the 92 World Cup, um, Zimbabwe got test status and he played in Zimbabwe's first test match in 1993, Ah. 23 years after he'd made his test debut in 1970. Shit. Yeah. Uh, and there he was. He played. Uh, he played three more tests. I think he played four in total. Yeah, four in total for Zimbabwe. His final appearance came at the age of forty-five years and three hundred and four days. Fuck. <laughs> oh, Johnny mm. Trakos. He's done yeah. his job, isn't he? Yeah. Good so, sir. Um, you wouldn't have thought, perhaps, that you know this was a, t- a bloke from nineteen oh eight or something. You go, yeah, probably fifty-seven when he played. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. But this guy's the nineteen nineties, and he's forty-five years old. <laughs> and he had a 23-year gap between his third test and his fourth test. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Ah, isn't it? Yep. And he played seven tests, took 18 wickets at 42 and made 19 runs at 3.16. So No wonder still... he only played four. Played <laughs> 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 122 first-class games and had a bowling average of 34. So. Oh, jeez, you got a fair long crack at 34. Eager yeah. bat for New Zealand. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so there you go. Oh, that, that, that was good, Ross. Well done. Yeah, that's the 11. And I didn't bother with the 12 man because it's too hard to find blokes over 40. Yeah. <laughs> and this... Yeah, you only found, you only found 10. 
Ah, mm. oh, yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> well, now that that um, really good, long but really good segment has come yeah. to an end. Well told, that segment mm. too. Oh, one one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. It's over to Mick now <laughs> for some local cricket. Alrighty. So, yeah, as we talk about um, around the traps here, we um, podcast focusing on domestic, international and <laughs> local cricket. So we've got to meet our local cricket quota. So, um, so there's a bit of there's a bit going on in local cricket at the moment because even with um, the COVID and everything, there's a lot of teams out there that are in recruiting mode and trying to find blokes and bring blokes in and try to shore themselves up next season. So, yeah. um, so big, big fucking news coming out of the Ballerine Peninsula this week. So, um, what? I live there, uh, Mick. Is it about yeah, me? You might, not, you might not have heard about this. It's been kept pretty low key. Yeah, we're, so. we're here to break it on the podcast. So, um, <laughs> so there was a story, um, in the Geelong, in the Geelong Advertiser this week. Um, a good paper, a very oh, reputable, good paper. reputable rag. Yeah. So, yeah, um, good paper. So we got it from the Geelong Advertiser website, or someone mm. got it from there and sent it to us. So, and um, <laughs> under the um, under the heading of local cricket, the the um, headline <laughs> reads: New coach backs Port Arlington to bounce back with a bit of extra touch. There is plenty of talent at Port Arlington, according to its new coach, who believes just a bit of direction and determination to see the team and bounce back from relegation. Bit of polish. A few minor tweaks are needed for Port Arlington to bounce back from its relegation to Ballerine Peninsula Cricket Association A2 as new coach David Bullock prepares Aye. to bring a bit of polish to the Demons. So uh, there's a lovely oh, photo. Redact you... my last name, please, in editing. <laughs> sorry. 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 Savvy B. Savvy B. So um, oh, I think he's a smart man, the bloke, whoever that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Mr. Uh, so Mr. Bullcock um, joined Port Arlington um, after playing three games of A grade cricket for Port Key. So he, he moved um, in a controversial well. kind of way. He moved mid-season, which is uh, not not real good form for most people. But Port Arlington just seemed to let those things go under the carpet there. So it's a bit of when a when the numbers are stacked up correctly, mm. then people can go anywhere. Oh, no, <laughs> to be fair. You, stuff like that's usually a bit of an indicator of just, you know, poor personality poor form. traits. I that's think. it. Yeah. Um, uh, this bullet so button when, knows what he's doing. So when the coaching uh, role opened up at the club, um, after Tony East decided to retire, I heard personally that it was there was a bit of a white ant campaign from um, <laughs> Mr. Bullcock. When Mr. Bullcock came into the club, he spent the rest of his time white anting Mr. East to That's get it. him out of the way. So, um, but yes, yeah, so apparently he cut his teeth um, coaching at a Melbourne club, uh, West Ivano United. So. Um, that's club. news to that's news to some of the people at West Ivano United, but that's what it's <laughs> okay. Oh, I had a strong coaching background in that club. Thank you very much. How many games did we win that year, Mr. Bullcock? Uh, Is coaching minimal? juniors under 16s or something? <laughs> Won a premiership. Yeah, you, 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 you coach a premiership in the uh, in junior cricket. Pity junior cricket doesn't count, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> So direct quotes, yeah. So he makes a lot of talk about how good the bowling is and that they're coming a long way. All the stuff you expect. But um, the real magic comes from the Port Arlington president, Mr. Peter That's Evans. It. This isn't paleo Pete that just got kicked off my kitchen rules selling a $15,000 <laughs> energy machine that fixes COVID. 
This is Logan Pete's a good Arlington. man, but he couldn't spell paleo. Let me tell you, yeah. good man. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is local Port Arlington cricket legend. We're going to say that he's doing. He knows what he's, he's, nice. he knows what he's talking up, about. Pudge Evans. So um, he so <laughs> Mr. Evans says Bull, Bullcock made an impact when he first it. walked in the doors of the club mid-season. Underline mid-season it. there for you. <laughs> He's had some real good experience, and he's a cricket tragic. Yeah, well, he's on this podcast, so that's fucking proof in that. Yeah, his yeah, manner is, tragic. His manner, he is just yep. a really cool bloke, and he <laughs> has a good temperament. Oh, I think that's pretty self-evident. <laughs> oh, a cool bloke. All he, cool all he forgot to say was, yeah, he's a cool bloke. He came to the cub and strutted around like a peacock or something like that. That's yeah, what I chest out. Yeah. Hold on. Now, what about journalistic integrity, Ross? That's not true. Thank you. Don't cut Mick off. Mick, he's a cool about. bloke. He fitted him uh, straight away at the club, and he is a really good guy. That's proof they've only known him for about two months because, you know, there's no, <laughs> no that way time. But, yeah. So... The Demons will drop down a division after winning just one game in 2019-20. So I'll get them back. So, big shoes to fill there. So, um, good luck with that. I'll get them back. Um, Two teams I've coached have been relegated. <laughs> the full <laughs> says there's plenty to like about the ability of the playing group. That's He's it. particularly He's looking man. forward to working with a new new, new ball pair of Blake That's Dobbin it. and Brody Andrew, who combined to take 38 wickets in 2019-20. So, a lot of wickets. Yeah, it's a lot of wickets if you won, man. Um, so I think they have a massive <laughs> amount of talent and there are wickets in them. So if we let them develop for a year or two, they'll be ready to make a big impact. Oh, you got to win straight away, mate. you got to win straight away, buddy. You, you might not have a year or two. You might just get fucking... Someone else might come in from this from this podcast and white ant can. Midway through. Some people have prize in ruining clubs. <laughs> Not another bloke on this podcast who lives on the Ballerine capable of coaching this boys. Well, let me tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think that's a great cricket story from a local cricket perspective. Have you got more, Mick? <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah. Have you, so, on record, have you got any questions for me? After I've been down Media Street, I'm happy to just sit here um, and talk about the stuff I've got to do. Um, yeah, I've got a question. How much polish do they piece. need? Uh, just a oh, bit yeah. of polish, just a bit. Sort of your kiwi, your kiwi boot oh, style. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> just get it, lather it on, okay. and see what happens. Yeah. Mm. 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 Are you going to keep? I will keep. Yeah. You going to open? Uh, I will not open the bedding. Oh, oh whoa! Mm. Well, lucky I'm sitting down. <laughs> Jesus. Right. Mick, that was are you, are, very... Are you going to go back, back to like when you're in the third 11 and bat 11 and keep? Is that what you're saying? You went on that, you mate. You're always 15 to me, Bull. <laughs> look, I, I, I won't answer too many more questions because I've got another interview tomorrow <laughs> with another paper. Um, so I don't want to give up my good stuff on this. Oh, is um, it the Ocean Grove Echo? Is that who's no, interviewing you? <laughs> it's the Port Arlington Post. Yeah. <laughs> come on, Mick, come on. In all seriousness, but um, congratulations, Bull. One of our own yeah. achieving things Thank that he you. wants to achieve. So you have to take great yeah. pride when you made to do stuff like that. So well done. We will put up, we won't put up the article, <laughs> but we'll put up some of the photos from the article oh, where, it looks yeah. like, where it looks like Bull's whistling a happy tune, singing zippity doo da, zippity day while the bloke takes photos of him. So we'll stick whistling that one up. Dixie. <laughs> what a shame. 
What a shame this recording's about to end. Because you know, <laughs> oh, I still got eight I'd minutes to talk about this. Uh, yeah. I love to talk about this for under forty minutes, wouldn't I? Mm. Oh, here's, no, a, here's um, a nice one. Can anyone mm. guess whose bat ball is holding when he's in the uh, photo Yours. too? Here's a good little. Hold on, no, hold on. Listener, sizzle, you dickhead! You don't just answer oh. it straight away. I Fuck didn't even it, know it was hell. yours. I just guessed because you asked. Of course, it's mine. <laughs> I've, got bit, I've got a bit right. I've got a bit right on this, so let's not let's not bury the lead here. Right? Let's just oh, that's all right. edit this bit out. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Um, no, don't. Edit. No, that's all right. I, I don't. I can't Russ is good at editing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love it. You did a really stuff. good job with those. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, three, <laughs> come on, two, is, come one. on. Oh, Warney, what an idiot! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is right, boring talking about me. No, no one wants no, to hear about me. No, exactly. Oh, I think everyone <laughs> does, David. No one wants to hear about uh, gas and electricity prices either. But that's what we're trying to now. We got <laughs> one of our big sponsors. <laughs> Just got on board, AGL, and they're taking prices back to pre-COVID days. So get on board. No, we're not talking about that. All right. Um, we're going to wrap it up. We've got a little bit of sizzle, and we've got some other segments that are coming up. So we're going to have a deep dive on a recently retired Australian cricket player with Alex next next episode. Next episode. Yep. Uh, in between times, we'll see if we can squeeze in a bonus episode. I don't know. You're a little bit busy. got a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, we're looking for... Name a games, and we're thinking we're, yeah, not, give us we're something. gonna go now a little bit different. Go name an innings, and we'll see if oh, we can nice. find an innings. Oh. And because uh, the go people listen to this, Ross, people who listen to this as, are as lazy as us when we put this oh, together. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. start engaging with us, or we're gonna just turn this fucking tap off. This entertainment <laughs> no. tap will be turned off. I don't, don't think many people would care if we turned this particular tap yeah, off. I know, it's not a threat. I certainly wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't, let me tell you. <laughs> I, know, I know we put the call to all listeners who listened to the last episode, maybe because I did it in the 27 or 35-minute mark or something, people had already switched off because they got midway through. They turned off by then. That's yeah, midway through. Midway through. Yeah. So um, they didn't hear me put out the call to say, if you've ever listened to, if you listen to this episode, just send us a high on Facebook or yeah. Twitter or any a of thumbs that. up. A Podcasting high. Fucking yeah. like boomer energy. Send us a high on Facebook. <laughs> mm. Like it's a fucking button or something. I said, mm-hmm. I think I said, say hi, go and get fucked. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And, um, and uh, we got how many, how many, how many highs on Facebook did we get? Nil plus. Nil plus. Fuck all. So no one will be listening now listeners. after they've had to put up nah. with um, eight minutes of us rambling about, about Dave yeah. uh, Volkov. Mm. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, Bladdercock. Um, but yeah. <laughs> there you go. Thanks. You want to do us a real favour? Give us a five star review on iTunes because that's what every other podcast says. So it must be important. So fucking do that, guys. Yeah. Bring in more You're not going to fucking correspond dollars. with this, you fucking losers. Put a five-star <laughs> review on. Are we... And I know I started this way back, probably episode three. Are we the only podcast who actually doesn't give a fuck about our listeners? I think so. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I listened to I one of my... I would have said shit to them for free. Crow yeah. Crap podcast, and they just like... It's just two blokes talking for an hour and a half about the Adelaide Crows game on the weekend. I don't think they care whether they're listening or not. As opposed to the <laughs> Yeah, as opposed to feels like I've got cold sweats thinking about that podcast. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know what inspired me to get this one off the ground? They've got the market, Natalie. They have millions of listeners. We've got fucking two. One of them's Mick, 
and the other one's some bloke we never heard of. Uh, when the Bevan match I was looking at the other day it got up to it's like two hundred and twenty odd listens. So is it really? It yeah. is, yeah. 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 It's right Can up I, there. I've got a question before we finish off this podcast. I've got a yes. question for oh. those two hundred and fifty. Grim people. Reaper just walked behind me, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question for those two hundred and fifty people. What's wrong with you? <laughs> is, is your life that bad that you need to Listen to four idiots who know nothing about cricket, to be fair. None of us do. We think we do, but we don't. You know, we're idiots. Ross, particularly, no idea. Alex, yeah, Alex is honest about it. No idea. But you listen to four blokes scream over a YouTube clip of a bloke batting in 1995. Get help. Um, there, There's people out there who can help you with your loneliness, um, with whatever it is that you've got going on in your life that you thought that that was a good decision to sit down and listen to four idiots from Australia talk about an Australian bloke batting in the mid-90s, chasing down a poultry score of 210 or whatever the fuck it was. Um, you've got issues. Uh, we're here to support you through that. But don't listen to us for an hour and a half talking about shit. Mm-hmm. Seek medical attention. Join a sewing club. <laughs> join a community group. Do something Maybe with yourself. Darling. Yeah, yeah, do something with yourself and your life. You know, yeah, there's cool, there's cool. avenues out there. There's there's avenues for you. That's all I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Electric avenues. Yeah, and on 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 that um, high point. Somber note. <laughs> just remember, on all major <laughs> social media and podcasting platforms, you'll find us on iTunes, yeah. SoundCloud, Facebook, and Twitter at Midoff Cricket. Till next time, it's bye for now. Thanks for listening. Oh. There you guys, I might Westgate myself Thanks. after that one. And they write your five star, write your five star review before you nick yourself up and maybe fucking take you down the wrong path. Just um, Michael Hutchins yourself. Yeah, just, just, oh, I thought that was good. I thought that was a good message good. to the community. Just tell everyone about us before you go. Yeah. Before you at sewing, <laughs> tell everyone at sewing club about us before yeah. you no, chip off. Especially yeah. if you're in a if you're in a club of people who. If you're in a club of people who maybe don't have particular time for this world, then tell everyone about it. No yeah. social skills, maybe they could listen to us instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm in the this and I'll start it again. Oh, oh, oh I'm have a kiss and get a beer. Let it run out. Yeah, let it run out. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you back in <laughs> So keyed up about getting it in all the time. Gordon. There's our outtakes for playing over the outro music. There we go. Alrighty. Oh,